Hello everyone and welcome to the PJB Sports Pod. Hello and welcome back to another college football episode. Uh, if you haven't yet, go back and listen to my uh, coaching news and my playoff rankings episode from last night. Um, this is being recorded Monday night, um, just after the last one went live. Um, this is my conference championship game previews. Uh, like I said, go back and check out the coaching news. I do my playoff rankings and kind of give you some insight on why I feel how I do about some of the teams. Today we're going to go over the final week of the season's um, upsets. Uh, I do have one piece of coaching news to confirm now, uh, then go over the championship games, and then uh, go over my picks for best bets from last week, and then my final picks before we hit bowl season. So let's get right on into it. All right, so the coaching news that is now official, Hugh Freeze has been announced as Auburn's head coach. When I had recorded my coaching news podcast last night, it hadn't been official or made official yet. So that piece of news coming out um, between then and now. Um, so I can say it for 100% certain, Hugh Freeze is going to Auburn. Anyways, back to last week's results. Upset Central from last week. Number three, Michigan defeated number two, Ohio State, 45-23. to in the big or in the big house, LOL, in Ohio Stadium, the horseshoe at the shoe, whatever you like to call it. CJ Stroud, 349 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, two interceptions, and negative three rushing yards. Emeka Buka, one of my favorite names in college football, nine receptions for 125 yards, one touchdown. Marvin Harrison Jr., seven receptions for 120 yards and another touchdown. J.J. McCarthy for the Wolverines, 263 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, 27 rushing yards, and a rushing touchdown to his name. Donovan Edwards filling in for Blake Corum, who was injured, 216 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Cornelius Johnson, four receptions for 160 yards and two touchdowns for the Wolverines. The wild stat from this game, Michigan had 360 yards on five offensive plays. On the other 54 plays that they ran, they averaged only 3 yards per play. Michigan had their first win in Columbus since 2000 in this game, and first back-to-back wins in the game against Ohio State since 1999 and 2000. Uh, First Big Ten team to win in Columbus since 2015, Michigan State with the Connor Cook team, and they outscored Ohio State 28-3 in the second half. Absolutely crazy game that the first half had it looking close. The second half was all Michigan. Michigan is 24-2 in the last two seasons. The only team with a better record over the same time period is Georgia. Uh, Ohio State is 21-2 in their last 23 games, with both losses coming to, you guessed it, the Michigan Wolverines. Like I said, this game was first half, close game. Second half, Michigan blew the doors off Ohio State. looked like a completely different game, tale of two halves, however you want to phrase it, absolutely wild to have watched. Next upset, Texas A&M defeated number 5 LSU 38-23. Only standout stat line I had was Texas A&M running back. Texas A&M running back, if I've said that wrong. Devin A. Chain, 215 rushing yards and two touchdowns for the Aggies to destroy all of LSU's playoff hopes. South Carolina defeated number eight Clemson 31 to 30, knocking off two big two top ten teams in a row. 
DJU, 8 for 29, 99 passing yards, 1 passing touchdown and interception, 51 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. Not the best game for DJU, but all of you who listen know how I feel about him to begin with. Will Shipley, the Clemson running back, 132 rushing yards for and a rushing touchdown, 2 receptions for another 13 receiving yards. Spencer Rattler. 360 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, two interceptions, negative five rushing yards, and still managed to score a rushing touchdown. What a guy. Antoine Wells Jr., the receiver for South Carolina, nine receptions, 131 yards, two touchdowns. Um, If you would imagine that Lincoln Riley was headed to the college football playoff, uh, Caleb Williams was in consideration for the Heisman, and Spencer Rattler just threw for 360 yards and beat two top 10 teams in a row. Asked an Oklahoma fan how they felt about that at the end of last season. They probably would have thought, hey, we're going to the national championship. Uh, shame that Oklahoma is 6-6. Six and six. Sorry, Oklahoma fans. Next, upset 21, Oregon State defeated number 9, Oregon 38-34 in the Civil War. Bo Nix, 327 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, and negative five rushing yards on his one bad leg. Chase Coda, the Oregon wide receiver, had nine receptions for 136 yards and a touchdown. No standout score lines from the Oregon State side of the ball. My wild stat that I found from this game, Oregon State had zero passing attempts on their final five drives. They had 19 rushes that amassed 143 yards and four touchdowns to put the game out of reach. Oregon State had 205 rushing yards before contact and held Oregon to 0 for 5 on fourth down. NC State defeated number 17 North Carolina 30 to 27 in double overtime. Drake May for the Tar Heels 233 passing yards, one passing touchdown, one interception, 32 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown to his name. Another stuffed stat line. Um Ben Finley 271 passing yards for the Wolfpack, two touchdowns, and negative 10 rushing yards. Excuse me, a lot of quarterbacks with negative rushing yards this week. Devin Carter, uh, excuse me again, goodness. Uh, NC State receiver, six receptions, 130 yards, and a touchdown. On Thursday night, the Egg Bowl, Mississippi State defeated number 20, Ole Miss, 24-22, Jackson Dart. For the uh, Rebels, 250 yards and two touchdowns. Will Rogers for the Bulldogs, 239 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Kentucky defeated number 25, Louisville, 26-13 in the Governor's Cup. That is our last upset of the week. Everyone's favorite draft prospect, Will Levis, went 11 of 19 for 188 yards and two touchdowns. Chris Rodriguez Jr. just had 120 yards rushing, no touchdowns, and and Jawar Jordan, the Louisville running back, also had 145 yards. That is our upset central from last week. I told you in the rankings that I gave, I had a little bit more insight on some of these games, at least the um, teams that were ranked in my rankings. I'd have a little more in this section. And, um, yeah, just a little bit of insight on each of the matchups. And then we'll get to my picks for each game at the end. So, starting on Friday, December 2nd, we have North Texas at UTSA in the Conference USA Championship game. UTSA, the Roadrunners, are an 8-point favorite with the over-under 66.5 total points. 
This is a rematch to start off a slate of championship games with a handful of rematches scattered throughout. UTSA defeated North Texas 31-27 in October on a last-second touchdown pass. Last week, UTSA went from um, trailing UTEP by 17 at halftime to scoring the final 20 points of the game by themselves to pull out the victory. But I don't know much more about those teams because... Uh, I live in the Midwest. We don't have Conference USA around here. We got the Big Ten. Um, Utah versus UC. Holy cow, I'm going to restart. Utah versus USC in the Pac-12 championship game. The Trojans are a two-and-a-half point favorite. The over-under in this game is 67 total points. Last season, USC went 4-8 and eight and were hoping for some sense of direction when they hired their new head coach, Lincoln Riley. But I don't think anybody was expecting the turnaround to come so quick. Not only is the Pac-12 title within reach, but also USC's first college football playoff appearance. USC has looked like the best or at least most consistent team in the Pac-12 for much of the season, and this game will give them the chance to avenge their lone loss on the season on the way to making history for the school. Utah's season has contained three losses by a combined 16 points but the playoff caliber season they were looking for in the preseason run-up was derailed in week one with the loss at Florida. Cam Rising hasn't looked the same since the Utes defeated the Trojans back in October, having an injury force him out against Washington State and having a quote-unquote big game uh, against Colorado last week defined by 234 passing yards and three touchdowns. This is the fourth Pac-12 championship game for Utah in the past five seasons, as much of a juggernaut as we will see um, today's age in terms of conference championship games. I think USC got better after this original matchup, and Utah got worse after the original matchup. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how these two match up again, but I will get more into that in a minute. On Saturday, the rest of the conference championship games will take place. Saturday, December 3rd, Kansas State versus TCU in the Big 12 championship game. The Horned Frogs are two and a half point favorites. The over-under, 61 total points. TCU has a long, grueling 18-mile trek to AT&T Stadium for the rematch with Kansas State to try and cap off their undefeated season with a conference title. TCU likely needs to win here to ensure they make the playoff whether that's fair or not, but Ohio State and Alabama looming behind would likely take whatever spot TCU left open should they lose. This is time for the fateful reminder for TCU fans that in 2014, the Horned Frogs went 11-1 and fell from third out of the playoff top four in the final set of rankings. So let's not let that happen again, Horned Frogs. Let's just win this game, prove everybody that the first game wasn't a fluke, that you came back and won, but... Alas, we go on. Um, as I said, Kansas State was beating TCU 28-10 to before not one, but two quarterbacks were knocked out of the game for the Wildcats, and the defense allowed 28 unanswered points for the Horned Frogs to escape with the win. Kansas State will be trying to win their first conference championship in a decade, and with Will, Will I almost said Will Anderson, yep, Alabama's defensive end is going to play quarterback. Will Howard winning games for the Kansas State Wildcats by an average score of 44 to 15. The Wildcats will be primed to upset TCU and spoil their playoff hopes. Toledo versus Ohio in the MAC championship game. Toledo is a two and a half point favorite, over under 57 and a half total points. 
I don't know much about this game. I'm from the Midwest and I still don't watch Maction. Sorry, not sorry. Um, I do know Ohio has a highly touted quarterback that may enter the transfer portal and go to a big time school next year to get more notoriety. Cade York, Cade Rourke, sorry, I believe is his name. But other than that matchup, I don't know much more about either team. Next matchup, Coastal Carolina versus Troy in the Sun Belt Championship game. Troy is a 10-point favorite. The over-under is 48 total points. Coastal Carolina playing without their star quarterback for the past few seasons, as I mentioned last week, Grayson McCall, um, out for their last, I think it would have been three games, but the game against Virginia was canceled due to the tragic shooting there. So he's missed the last two games. They've lost one and escaped with a victory in the other. Um, Troy has a solid defense, but not the stellar offense to back it up. Um, so yeah, that's that'll be an interesting game to watch. Another one that I actually have some notes on now, LSU versus Georgia in the SEC Championship game. Georgia, the 17-point favorites with the over-under set kind of low for what I would have thought at 50.5 points. Georgia has been balanced on both sides of the football, more so than last season to me. Uh, with not nearly as much elite talent scattered across the field, just more equal talent used more efficiently. Um, and they're seeking their first SEC championship since 2017. A note on that balance that I just mentioned, Georgia is ranked 11th in scoring offense and first in scoring defense in the country. LSU comes in after losing its hopes of making the college football playoff after the inexcusable loss to Texas A&M last week to wrap up their regular season, exposing LSU's defense and showing Brian Kelly still has work to do to reach the full potential of the program. LSU allowed Devin A. Chain to rush for 215 yards on his own, so what do you think they expect going against Georgia's offensive line and Kenny McIntosh in the backfield? UCF takes on Tulane in the American Athletic Championship game. This is another rematch. Um, Tulane and the Green Wave are three-point favorites. The over-under 56 total points. Tulane has won 10 games for the first time in 24 years and flipped its 2021 record around from 2-10 to 10-2 for their first trip to the AAC title game. Tulane has the chance to win its first conference title since 1998 in Conference USA after ending Cincinnati's 32 home game winning streak and then ending Tulane's own 61 game losing streak against AP ranked opponents. UCF led 31 to 7 in the third quarter against the University of South Florida last week, then trailed 39 to 38 midway through the fourth, then won on a catch that um doesn't look like it should have counted, but nevertheless, um, regardless, Gus Malzahn is trying to lead UCF to its first conference title since 2018. He'll hope that he has less than the five turnovers in the last two games and a um, better chance of stopping the run, at least better than the 546 yards in the last two games. Fresno State takes on Boise State in the Mountain West Championship game. Boise State's a three and a half point favorite. Over under in this game, 53 and a half total points. Only thing I know in this matchup um, is Fresno State quarterback Jake Hayner, and he's been in and out of the lineup all season. He's come back and torn it up, but he got injured playing against USC early on in the season. Um, came back, played well enough to earn the team a spot in the conference championship game, obviously. Boise State, I don't know hardly anything about in the slightest, besides they have a blue field. That's all I got for you. Thank <laughs> you.
Oh, sorry, excuse me. Clemson versus North Carolina in the ACC championship game. Clemson is an eight-point favorite with the over-under set at 61.5 total points. A big weakness for the Tigers this season has been allowing explosive plays, which doesn't sound like that big of a problem when you play in the ACC, but reconsider that thought when I tell you that they're playing North Carolina's offense this weekend in the ACC title game. Dabo Swinney said he never truly considered benching DJU in the loss to South Carolina, but the margin for error in this game has to be minimal, especially given that Clemson missed out on it completely a year ago. The fact that Dabo Swinney said he was never considering benching DJU in a game where he threw for 99 yards and had uh, two touchdowns total and an interception, I just can't get over. I just can't get over that. That's ridiculous, but... North Carolina is headed to their first conference championship game since 2015 after dropping two straight games to end their regular season. Clemson has one of the best defensive lines in the conference, so giving Drake May time to throw will be the key to the game for the Tar Heels. Final conference championship game, we have Purdue versus Michigan in the Big Ten Championship. Uh, Michigan, 16-point favorite, over under 51 total points. Michigan thumped Ohio State 45-23 in the final game of their regular season. Without star running back Blake Corum in for the majority of the game, I believe he had two or three carries, and that was it. The Wolverines have a chance to win consecutive conference championships um, and give themselves the best possible chance of reaching the national championship game with a win here to likely lock up the second seed in the 14 playoff. Whew. All right, we got through those. We're going to go over my best bets from last week now. Um, yeah, and then I'll go over my ones for this week. Separate, obviously. Going over my best bets from last week. 40, 46, and 2 coming in. And we went 5 and 4, I believe, on the week. Yes, 5 and 4 on the week to go to 45, 49, and 2 updated. The winners. Penn State minus 18 versus Michigan State. They won by 19. Tennessee minus 17 at Vanderbilt, winning 56 to nothing. Michigan plus 8.5 at Ohio State. They won outright. South Carolina plus 14 at Clemson. They won outright. UTSA, nope. BYU minus 6.5 at Stanford. They won by 9. Those were the winners. Arizona minus 4. They won by 3. North Texas, minus 13.5. They won by 4. And UTSA, minus 18. Um, yeah, they won by 3. Sorry, I trailed off there trying to figure out what I'm even talking about. Sorry, I went 5-3 and three last week, not 5-4. and four. That's what I was confused about. Anyways, so best bets, 45, 49, and 2. I want to get us positive before bowl season and then call it good. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, what I'm going to do this week is just give you my pick on the spread for each game and just call that my best bet because the over-unders, who knows how it's going to go, interdivision rivalries and teams that don't see each other at all the entire season, um, except for maybe two or three of these games. But anyways, so my picks to win each game, we're going to consider this the best bet segment and I will use them against my record. First pick, UTSA, minus 8 versus North Texas. I think UTSA is just the better team. They won by 4 earlier on in the season. Neutral field, conference championship on the line. I expect them to be firing on all cylinders and pull out at least 
double the victory margin, margin of victory, sorry. USC minus two and a half versus Utah, like I said earlier. USC only got better after losing to Utah. Utah only got worse after um, the original matchup against USC. Um, winning in Rice Eccles in Salt Lake City is going to be different than playing in Las Vegas on a neutral field, somewhere that I would have to think USC is going to have the um, more, um, what's, that, what's the word, a better fan base, bigger fan base in the stadium. So I expect USC to have more of a home field to feel to this game, even just being on a neutral site. I expect USC to play better. Caleb Williams with the Heisman hype and the chance to go to the school's first playoff. I expect USC to come out and win this game big. So I'll take two and a half. Kansas State plus two and a half versus TCU. I think uh, Kansas State could actually win this game outright. Obviously, if I'm taking a plus two and a half, that means I think they could win. Uh, Will Howard has played tremendously, and as long as they don't lose two quarterbacks yet again and TCU um, doesn't go off for four unanswered touchdowns, I think that Kansas State can actually put this one to bed and defeat them like they should have done in the first game. Ohio plus 2.5 versus Toledo is my next pick. Like I said earlier, don't know much here. I just know Ohio's quarterback and that the team seems to be more solid all around. Um, Troy minus 10 versus Coastal Carolina. Coastal just got blown out by like 35 against James Madison last week. Um, without Grayson McCall, they're either escaping with victories or losing by large margins. So I would like Troy in this game with the better defense than what Coastal is accustomed to. Um, next game, LSU plus 17 versus Georgia. I just think Georgia is going to come out to score first build up at least a touchdown or two lead, and then just run the ball down LSU's throat until the clock strikes triple zeros and ends the game. Sorry, that was kind of weird saying that. But um, I just don't see Georgia blowing them out. They know they just have to win, and they get into the college football playoff. They're likely in even if they lose. So I just think LSU has more to play for to show up and actually try in this game more so than Georgia. So I'm taking the points, especially when it's over two touchdowns. Tulane minus three versus UCF. I think Tulane will be here to avenge their um, second loss of the season, win their first conference title, and move on to the New Year's Six Bowl game as the highest-ranked group of five um, team. Fresno State plus three and a half versus Boise State. Like I said, I know Jake Hayner, the quarterback for Fresno State. I don't know hardly anything about Boise besides the color of their field. Um, Jake Hayner's got heart. He'll He'll lead the team the best he can to uh, get them either close or winning the conference championship. I don't see him getting blown out, and I don't think Boise State is that spectacular, seeing as I know nothing about him. So I'll take Fresno State and just over the field goal with the hook in this game. All right, final two picks. North Carolina plus eight versus Clemson. This North Carolina offense, every time that you think they're playing a defense that can stop them, they don't, spoiler alert. Um, they still score massive amounts of points. They still find a way to keep games close, even though their defense can't stop anybody. I think it'll be high scoring. I think it'll be close. I think North Carolina can keep it within eight points. So I'm taking North Carolina plus eight versus Clemson. My last pick, Michigan minus 16 versus Purdue. Michigan's won every single game by double digits this season. I don't think that's going to change here. Purdue hasn't done anything spectacular really since the start of the season, and I don't expect them to pull anything out of the bag here to keep this game any closer than it is 
you know, looks like it's going to be. If you don't like these numbers straight up, you can always take a five-team, seven-point teaser on FanDuel to get yourself plus 400 odds. As of right now, that's all I got for you guys. So enjoy conference championship weekend. I should say Friday and Saturday, but weekend. Uh, Selection Sunday will let us know who is in the playoff, who is in what bowl games. I'll talk to you after that um, with the podcast previewing all of them, my picks in each one, as in-depth as I can get, knowing as little as I do. And, um, yeah, until then, I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.